What's up, guys, and welcome to episode five of Crave the Book. Today, Amber and I are actually announcing the winner of our big Crave podcast giveaway that we hosted in last week's episode, episode four. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. We'll also be discussing chapters 15 through 17 of Crave. So let's go ahead and get started. What is up, guys? This is an exciting episode because we're going to be revealing the winner of our Crave podcast giveaway. I'll go ahead and for our YouTube viewers, I will flash those prizes up on the screen. Uh, Last week, we talked a little bit about a giveaway that we're hosting with Entangled Teen. Amber and I are giving away a Crave-themed hoodie a blanket, and a journal. And then Entangled Teen is giving away one of those big merch boxes that you occasionally see people tag on Instagram. And it's full of goodies and stickers and a t-shirt and all kinds of good stuff. So we are going to be revealing the winner of that. There were 57 entries, so that was really exciting. Uh, For those who don't win this round, please don't feel upset. I know that it can be very disappointing when you enter for something that you really, really want to win, but because we aren't selling these products, because copyright infringement and whatnot, we plan to hold more giveaways in the future. So just make sure that you are following our Instagram. That's likely where we will announce when we have lots of giveaways and things taking place. That is at Crave Series Aesthetic. And then we will always be sure to announce giveaways and, uh, you know, uh, what we're doing on the podcast as well. So super duper exciting, guys. Let's go ahead and uh, announce the winner. Are we ready, Amber, to to announce our random winner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready. Do you want to let them know how you drew the winner? That way they know that it's totally random, totally fair. Yeah. So I went onto a random number generator. Knowing that we had 57 entries, I selected one as the minimum, 57 as the maximum, and it picked lucky number... 38. So we literally counted to the entry that was number 38 out of all of our entries. And are you ready for the winner? Let's do it. Drum roll. I'll I'll add drum roll effect starting now. (laughs) All right. Who was it? The winner is Courtney underscore forest dot 12, who I actually read in her screenshot that she created an Instagram account just for giving this, this giveaway so that's really sweet and thank, and thank you for entering we really it really means a lot to us and thank you to everybody else who entered as well like I, i've never seen a competition that i've run on instagram ever be that successful it was crazy yeah and all the comments like just we read every single caption um even if we didn't reply to all of them i'm pretty sure we followed all of you we we went through and liked every single entry we read all of your captions i loved everybody who mentioned that that their favorite scenes were uh the garlic mushroom we had a lot of people mention the garlic mushroom we had a lot of people (laughs) um just saying that they thought that it was really funny the way that we kind of go over all of the different areas of the book and point out things that they thought during their read through 
Um, it, it just it means a lot to us, especially with this podcast being brand new. Guys, this is only episode five. So for a turnout like this, we cannot thank you enough. And we are definitely going to be doing more of these in the future. In fact, I think that we should do a Halloween contest where I, I was going to say maybe Ooh. people... Yeah, I was going to say maybe people dress up, but then I was thinking and I'm like, what if we didn't just do dress up? What if we just did best crave themed Halloween submission, whether it's like a cosplay or art or a graphic design thing or a photo that you take of your crave book with maybe like, you know, you style it in some way. I don't know. We'll have to think about how we want to run it. But um, we definitely plan to do more of these giveaways in the future. So. Guys, thanks so much. Uh, and another little extra for all of you, because I know you've probably seen on our Instagram, we've asked you guys several times for book recommendations because Amber and I have actually considered maybe doing another podcast after the Crave series concludes or when we hit a point where we're in between books and we don't have a lot to talk about. We've considered covering maybe like A Court of Thorns and Roses or other books that you guys recommend. So basically, we asked you guys yesterday what some books that you recommend are. And Amber took your suggestions. And uh, Amber, you want to let them know what you did with those? Uh, yes. So we had so many entries. I actually made a spreadsheet. And then I thought that it wasn't very aesthetically pleasing. And us bookworms, we love aesthetically pleasing book covers. So I made a Trello board. Um, we've mentioned Trello a few times um, as our way of organizing our lives. Uh, this podcast is entirely planned out using Trello. And if you don't use it already, it is trello.com. And it's kind of like a post-it note system on your computer. Um, and I have made a board for all of the recommendations of all the books that you guys sent in over yesterday. Um, and I, we will be adding like star ratings, uh, stickers on the front of the covers that we recommend ourselves personally. Um, the series that we own. Um, we will also all, like add content warnings and like chili peppers stickers for whether it's a little bit of a spicier book Ooh. and not for uh, younger audiences. Um, I have lots of ideas. Um, and one of them is perhaps that we can add a bit of an affiliate link to the books so that you can kind of fund future products and projects like this. Um, so if you wanted to ever purchase any of the books, you could go through our Trello board and it doesn't cost you any extra, just a few pennies land in our account. And we might be able to purchase the books ourselves and cover them in a future podcast. Uh, so yeah, it should be ready by next week. We're hoping. That would be awesome because that would mean that if, if it was a book that you planned to buy anyway, but you just chose to buy it with our affiliate link, that would basically mean that we would have more funding for the podcast, which would also mean that it would be possible for us to do even more giveaways. Because as of right now, we are pulling the giveaway money like out of pocket. And as of right now, it's going to be close to $100 per giveaway if we keep our prizes about the same. So if we can get that additional funding, there's no reason that we couldn't do more fun stuff and be able to host more giveaways uh, in the future. So really exciting, guys. That should be available next week. And I will probably put it in the link tree, which is the link that is in our Instagram bio at Crave Series Aesthetic. So keep an eye out for that. 
Um, it's really pretty. Oh, it is pretty. really, really, really pretty. And all of the books will be in order as well. Um, I don't know about you, but every time I start a new series, especially if it's a lengthy series, I always get the, the book order in a muddle and I can never remember, especially if there are novellas that are in between yeah. the main storyline. Um, and sort of spin-offs and crossover series and things like that. So I'm, I'm making sure that we add all of those in order, um, so that you don't get lost like we do. <laughs> That's perfect. And then we can put like trigger warnings and things in there for you guys. So yeah. And you can search for a specific author or you can search for a specific series if you'd prefer. And I'm going to try and see whether you can search for a specific keyword. So if you really enjoy vampire fiction, for example, you should be able to search in the top vampire and it will pull up Ooh. all of the series that involve that keyword. Fun, fun. All right, guys, we will keep you updated on that. We're hoping to uh, make that available to you guys in the next week. But guys, today we're going to be discussing chapters 15 through 17 of the Crave series. That was kind of my mistake last week. I mentioned that we were going to be covering the snowball fight in this episode, and then I sat down to reread those chapters, and I realized that there's still a lot that takes place before the snowball fight. So snowball fight is going to be next episode. This week, we are going to be talking a little bit more about uh, Grace's winter walk that she takes by herself and an encounter that she has with Jackson and Leah in the gazebo. But first, first thing that I want to point out and kind of where we left off last week is Flint jumps and like kisses Grace's cheek after they return to uh, Grace and Macy's room. And Macy thinks that that friendliness is out of character. Macy, Macy is like just really, I mean, she obviously acts a little jealous, but then she states that, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. Like she's kind of indicating that the factions don't mix and Grace is very confused about all of this. Um, and I just, I thought that that was a, it was almost like one of those points where I was like, oh yeah, this love triangle between Jackson and Flint and Grace. <laughs> it's weird because it's almost like the the high school that we attended is in reverse. It's like, oh well, the 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 super popular kids can't ever mingle with the like not so popular kids, and yet he is. And Macy's like, no, 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 he he would never look at me like that. And I'm like, Macy, there's no. Why aren't you popular? <laughs> He should be popular. Yeah, yeah, because she seems to really lead the pack of her own little group. You know, she seems to be one of the more charismatic members of her little group. And even when, I can never remember her name. What was the one that was being rude? What was her name? <laughs> Simone. Simone. Let's get this on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Simone was being being rude and Macy was just like, yeah, don't don't mind her. Like, she's she's just being mean don't mind her um i definitely see macy as being a bit of a a little pack leader of her own group so it's just kind of weird um and then and she also has this weird conversation with with her just where she's like almost giving the game away again and yeah she, she seems to be really struggling with keeping the secret oh 
at this point, I would I would assume that she doesn't really want to keep it a secret. Like enough has happened that Grace is already pretty suspicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Grace thinks that uh that there's aliens at the school. She's pretty convinced that it's all aliens. So and even Tracy. I mean, it's said not that. too far fetched. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know, it's definitely not normal. Um aliens wouldn't be my guess, but and so Grace ends up feeling sick. She decides not to go to class, um, but she decides to take a little winter walk. She bundles up. She wants to go on a walk, kind of clear her head a little bit, explore the grounds and see if that'll make her feel better. So first she's got to get dressed and she has to pack on layers and layers. She has to Google what to even wear because she has no idea how to dress for the weather. Um, I would have totally done that. Yeah, like I will Google anything, especially if I need to prep before something. I will Google a restaurant and what their menu is before I go, just so I know what to expect. <laughs> Fear of the unknown. Yes, exactly. And I don't order things that I can't pronounce. So uh, unless I'm really grateful for restaurants that'll put like numbers next to the food. I'll have a number five. <laughs> <laughs> like Ikea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not like Ikea. Ikea has like weird Swedish I, names. Like I'm thinking of Argos, but I don't think you have Argos. No, but I like that Ikea uses weird names rather than like, oh, here's the Davenport. <laughs> Billy bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. That's easy to say. Um, one yeah, thing- we have, a, we have a, a shop in the UK called Argos and it's like a catalog and each item has a number next to it and you go up to the desk with this like little tiny pencil and then you write down the little number <laughs> i would like a 4a please no the number's a little bit longer than that oh, okay but, yeah <laughs> the, the, we used to go through the argos catalog as kids and ring the items that we wanted as kids I mean, that would be our christmas list to our parents oh god we used to, i did that with the like the toys r us catalog i'd sit and circle everything that i wanted um there was one thing that i noticed during my second read through that I didn't catch the first read through, or I- I'm sure I caught it, but my mind didn't linger on it too long. Uh, Grace describes there being a gnarled tree that's all like scratched up and she can't, it's I like. I noticed that too. Yeah. She's really spooked by it. Like. It never gets mentioned again, does it? No, she's super freaked out by this tree to the point where, like, there's things startling her later in the chapter, and she's still thinking about the spooky tree. Where's the spooky tree, guys? What is the spooky it never, tree? It never comes back, because I had, like, Whomping Willow vibes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely thought that the tree was going to be a part, unless it was just, like, you know, a place where... where claws were being sharpened like someone's out there scratching it like a cat which i assume <laughs> cat scratching tree <laughs> yeah it's the scratching post more questions for tracy whenever uh whenever she listens to our podcast which we did find out that she listened to the first episode during her recent interview um that was absolutely flattering i could not believe that she listened to us now i'm like thinking god what did we talk about in the first like, episode just blithering on about nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh god do you do you think as because you are an author yourself now do you think that there's going to be things that you've completely forgotten about by book like three or four absolutely that, yeah because yeah, we're reading through and we're like this gnarly tree and like tracy's like what, what gnarly tree, tree? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I definitely know that there will be because, you know, when you, when you write, you try to leave little open ends that you could, it's almost like having little escape doors where, okay, if I write this in, it could lead to nowhere, but maybe I'll need it later. And you give yourself these little, these little threads that you could go down if you do so choose. And if not, you know, it's not, it's not like it was detrimental to the story if you don't end up using that escape route. Um, I, I definitely. Mean, it could be a red herring. Like just yeah. put in there to go, oh, maybe this the tree, this the threat. And actually it was nothing to do with the threat, the tree. It was just a creepy tree. Yeah, exactly. To to throw people off a little bit. I definitely do that in, in my writing as well, um, which, you know, and it does because obviously we're sitting here trying to figure out the tree and we already know how the story goes. We know that the tree wasn't that significant. However, it was scratched up, which could have just been a clue that there's, you know, something going on with this school. Um, but Grace starts getting that weird sense again that we talked about in the last episode when she is starting to go in the library. She gets a weird sense telling her to turn around and now she's out kind of looking at the cottages where the other classrooms are and she's getting that weird sense. Um, and obviously this is going to go into spoiler territory, which I forgot to mention, guys, when we start getting into spoiler territory and we start covering things that are outside of chapters 15 through 17 of Crave. If you have not completed the full Crave series all the way until Covet, uh, you need to listen for the Wolf Howl. And that will let you guys know that you need to retreat and go ahead and turn the episode off because we will be diving into spoiler topics. I, I forgot to mention that initially. but um. You know, all of these weird senses are something that is technically going to play in later. Um, and I'm wondering, like, is this Grace's intuition? Is it be real? Is she really freaked out by the spooky tree? I, I don't think I've ever encountered a tree that was so spooky that I'm just like walking around thinking about it. No, or like going, I don't want to go any closer to that tree. I need to leave in the complete opposite direction to said tree. I mean, it would have to be a really scary tree. Like, <laughs> is it like an Alaskan tree? You know, like a Canadian tree is like drip that sap and it looks kind of bug like. Do you reckon it was like that in Alaska? Can you get maple trees in Alaska? I, this is showing me showing my ignorance. <laughs> I was thinking of like, I don't know. I was thinking of like almost the trees and like the Wizard of Oz, how they're all, I don't know. I'm just imagining probably something more like a Halloween decoration in my head. Um, like proper anthropomorphized. Yeah. It like a creepy person. Yeah. Paradolia gone mad. Exactly. You're seeing faces. Oh, grandmother Willow in the middle of the bar. <laughs> Run! Um, Amber, when, we, when you read through about the cottages, did you take note of the classes this time around? Um, I remember Chinook, which was the art yeah. class, but I didn't remember, because the first time I read it, I think that my brain went, oh, Chinook art, like as a, as a full sentence, rather than the name of the cottage was Chinook. And then the class was obviously art. Um, I don't remember the second one, but I think the second one was really like, how does Grace not know that this is a weird school? Well, it was, it, I mean, it was art class, shop class, and a dance studio. And okay. my- it was, So it wasn't supernatural. It was me being a Brit and going, why is there a shop at the school? <laughs> 
no shop class like woodworking which is kind of weird like okay supernatural school which you know isn't a spoiler hopefully everybody who is reading the series knows that there's something weird going on um but what do they need a shop class for and what kind of dance are they learning um I'm wondering. Maybe it wasn't a tree. Maybe it was someone's like workshop project <laughs> that it's, was really bad. The tree is the tree is got getting revenge for the shop class. It's one of those projects that they take home to their parents, and their parents are like, "Oh, that's lovely. I'll put it on the fridge." And then, like the second that the kid is gone, they're like, "Okay, throw it in the trash." I don't Get rid know of what the tree. Do. Don't want the tree. <laughs> um. So. After all, oh, did you have any notes before, uh, before the Leah and Jackson encounter? Um, no, I, I think that the the shop question was. I think that that was me just being like, "Why is there a shop? Why does she never go back to the shop? Does she not want to buy things? She seems <laughs> to be very inadequate for the weather." Um, but now, now you've explained that it's workshop. I feel, I feel very stupid. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. In in America, why is we it have called to... shop? This this such a weird word. Like of all the things out of the word woodworking or workshop, why would you pick shop? Yeah, we just call it shop class. Like that's so weird. Like shop, like wood shop, woodworking. Do you guys have like a wood shop class? Yes, and I'm oh. trying to remember what we called it because it's nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. We've got like wood. We had um, we had technology. So technology was split up into um, food tech, which I think you call home ec. Yes, home ec. Uh, then we had textiles, which was just sewing. Oh, that would have been home ec for us, but I didn't learn. Oh, any of that. yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was split between the two. Um, and then we have graphic design, which was my absolute, like, be all and end all. That was my jam. Loved that. But then there was another one, and I can't remember what it, what it was called, but it was, um, like, making things with circuit boards, um, what? using, like, acrylic, uh, plastic, and then, like, line bending it. We would do, um, vacuum molding. We did a lot with woodwork, but it was all of that, like, combined. So it wouldn't have just been called woodworking and i don't remember what it was called i'm gonna do some research whilst you chat that's crazy yeah we our classes were were much more um boring and it was either it was like oh the girls the girls go and learn how to cook and sew and the men do shop and it was very like sexist structured which thankfully it's a little different now but when we were in school for those who don't know um I'm 29, so it was quite a while ago. <laughs> but yeah, I, th I think things have changed a lot. Um, so you know, we could do anything that we wanted. It was all like I, I, I didn't take wood shop. I took home ec. I did not take shop. Um, but I know that they did like birdhouses and shelves. And I think Mark made like a little table. Pretty sure he made he made a bunch of weird things. My husband. He said that when he was in shop, they're like laying around the house, just random items made out of wood. Um, so in during uh, Grace's walk, she encounters Leah and Jackson in the gazebo and they're fighting. Um, what did you think that Leah and Jackson were actually fighting about? Like. 
did was it an argument about Hudson? Was it Leah letting out frustration? Was what the heck were they even fighting about? See, I don't know. Even even on the second read through, there wasn't anything that I could imagine that they were talking about. Especially ones that wouldn't go into spoiler territory. Um, but it it was the way that Grace describes it. It was it wasn't just. Um, an actual confrontation they were properly arguing but also they were very close to each other like intimately um which was odd yeah they were like in each other's face and then leah just hauls off and hits jackson right in the face and goes to do it again and jackson grabs her hand like he takes that first hit without even flinching and then just kind of grabs her hand and tries to step back to get away from her, which, you know, I think Amber and I do a lot of like PSAs during the, uh, during our podcast. Um, I, when I see things in literature, whether they are intentionally written or written, maybe just due to ignorance of an author, which isn't the case with us. I know that for example, Twilight, we are not shy to call out the flaws that Stephanie Meyer included in Twilight. Um, including, you know, uh, sexual assault and things like that. But in this case, I think that Grace made a good call because she sees Leah hit Jackson. And obviously, you know, Jackson is is a guy and we all assume that the guy is stronger. But one thing that we don't talk about enough as a society is female on male abuse where, you know, it's not like Jackson's going to haul off and hit her it's not it's not like i mean obviously in most cases the 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 male is going to be stronger than the female and and violence is never acceptable but i don't think that we talk enough about how how females can be just as abusive if not more so because they're less worried about how they're going to be seen um i know that my husband was with a girl before before we were together obviously and uh it was one of his first girlfriends and she used to just beat the crap out of him and he just had to kind of stand and take it and you know that's one of those things where i think that society just doesn't think hard enough about like how we can help especially teenagers teen boys who are going through that level of abuse and one thing that um one thing that Grace did was she didn't leave. Like she stood there and waited and she stayed a safe distance away, but she didn't leave Jackson alone with Leah. And then Leah, obviously she had like a quick aversion tactic, which was to invite Grace. Oh, come on over. And that is a huge she also red flag. Stopped, she also stopped Jackson from leaving herself, like from leaving her. Yeah. So, um, she like grabs his elbow, I think, and just pulls him back, despite the fact that she's willing to then still engage with Grace. So it wasn't like a no, no, don't talk to her. It was a don't you dare leave. Right. We're fine. Let's show Grace that we're fine. We will show her. It was like a silent communication there. Like, we need to fix this. We are fine. And obviously things were very not fine. Um, what... Amber, what would you do if you were like walking and you saw, you know, two friends of the opposite sex? And if I and, knew them, 
yeah, just assuming maybe, I, I mean, maybe you just knew them as well as Grace knows Leah and Jackson, but you saw a female friend haul off and hit a male friend. Like, what do you even do in that situation? What would you you do? I don't even know whether, like, even if it was the other way around, I think that I would try and just make myself available to whoever is the victim and make them aware that they can absolutely use me to get themselves out of the situation. I think no no one can really step in when it's a violent situation without the potential for them getting hurt as well. Um, and also I would never want to hurt someone's pride. Um, like Jackson was obviously not in the, I need rescuing mode. Um, and she probably knew Grace probably knew that Jackson would not necessarily need rescuing having seen what he had done in the hallway to, um, Mark and whoever the other guy was Quinn. Um, so like, I, I think that I would just make myself available and, and say, look, look, I am watching. I'm aware of what's happening and make Leah as uncomfortable as possible to continue whatever she was doing. Yeah. But if it was a, if it was like a true friend, I think I would be so shocked at what I saw that I don't think that I would be able to, to not say anything. And I think that probably would cause more tension than anything, but at least then they would know I have seen you. I, I just saw that and I am not forgetting it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, for, for anybody who sees anything like this taking place, because I know that a lot of our listeners are in high school and are in college, um, obviously make sure that the situation is safe for yourself. You don't want to turn something that was, you know, violence against a friend into violence against you as well. Um, but you should definitely try to not leave those two people alone if the if you deem the situation safe and if the situation is not safe for you slip away as easily as you can and try to get a hold of help if if you're afraid that things are escalating um i was in a really really abusive relationship in high school and there was an occasion where i was at a concert with my abusive boyfriend at the time and after um we had kind of split off from everybody and he beat the crap out of me at this show but then we stumble back to the concert and all my friends are outside and they see me all bruised up and they see that I'm hurt and they see what had happened or that I'm assuming that I, I would hope that they would assume what happened um and they didn't do anything no one said a word to me no even people who I was very close with really uh, yeah they were really it's like they were afraid to say anything and um my boyfriend ended up taking me in one of our friend's cars to one of my friend's houses who lived nearby. And this this friend of mine, the house that I went to, this guy was much, much older than us. Um, he was someone that I, I babysat his children for him. But I had texted him and I said, look, you know, this just happened. My boyfriend is dropping me off. I need you to not react. I know that's going to be hard for you, but I... I am, I can't deal with any more. So my boyfriend walks me into his house and I just kind of fall on, on my friend's couch. And, um, thankfully his, his girlfriend 
wasn't there at the time because she would not have been able to restrain herself. But my friend was just sitting on the opposite couch with his arms folded, just giving that like 7,000 degree stare. That I at, see you. Yeah, I know like, exactly who you are and what you've done. Yeah. Like I, I know, I know what just happened. And the my thing is what your friends did, the, 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 the ones at the concert was they enabled him as soon as, as soon as an abuser has done something very visually um, impactful and that everybody in that group knows what he did or she did and don't say anything, they then know that they're not going to say anything. So the, uh, the abuse is going to escalate because they're like, well, I've got away with it so far. Yeah. And that's a really dangerous game to play. The moment you see anything, you never allow it to escalate. Yeah. Because as soon as you give them room, they will escalate. Like abusers they never they never go down. They 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 never drop off and go actually I've decided to calm down now. If anything it get, it's going to get worse. Um and if anybody is in that situation, when anybody is ever giving you an out, please listen to them. And I know that it's probably really really hard to leave that situation and only Starla can probably speak from experience from a physical standpoint but i can definitely speak from a mental standpoint that if somebody is mentally abusing you it's even harder because you well they haven't hit me yet right it's like oh you know it's it it's not that bad and even i mean even with the physical i i told myself it's not that bad yeah but it it really is and you should never allow yourself to be in that position for longer than you you decide you are worth more than that the moment that you go no more. And there, if you don't have anybody that you can call to come and pick you up, please find someone that you know that you can trust to just do the job and get you out. Um, I, I, I wish I had someone that was able to come and pick me up and just go, we're getting you out of here. Um, even but if it's I, a code word, like, that you have yeah, to use. Yeah, I just, I really hope that everybody who's listening to this has never, ever, ever had any experiences like this. But I know that that's not true, because there, there are numbers. It's two out of three girls have, I believe, two out of three girls mm -hmm. by the time they graduate high school have uh, experienced some degree of... um of abuse so and i think with men it's probably the same it's oh just i'm sure not it reported. is exactly it's just not reported yeah so um and you are not weak for leaving oh you no. are probably if anything you are stronger than you were by staying and your job is not ever to fix somebody you should never have to fix someone and that's why um i think that you know, I'm not I'm not dogging on teenage relationships because I got married at 18 to my husband, who I am still married to. And it's been almost 11 years um, because he really helped me out of that bad situation. He made you whole. He didn't fix you. He made you whole. Exactly. Exactly. He complimented uh, the damage that had already been done because he had also gone through damage himself. And we were able to really, you know, fill voids within each other, but there was no fixing necessary. And if you feel that 
I think that the biggest red flag is when you find yourself making excuses for them to people that you love. Like if your parents are are saying, you know, hey, I don't like this behavior from your significant other. Or if, um, you know, if it's a friend who says that they are are uncomfortable by your partner and you're just making up excuses. Oh, they're fine. They, you know, you don't see what I see when we're alone. That's really a bad a bad sign um so just and also giving yourself an excuse for staying of the i'm the only one that can calm him down oh yeah and we see that so much in no you're not no you're not he can calm himself down whenever he wants he just chooses to let you think that you're needed yeah and my Uh, my uh with my experience at that concert you know i I laid on my friend's couch for hours and hours, just kind of dozing in and out that night. And I woke up to my phone with like 50 texts from him saying, what happened? I blacked out. I, I don't remember anything. I love you. I don't remember what happened. And, and, you know, obviously that's a lie. (laughs) That's, that is a lie. Yeah. Um, you would have to, I don't know what, hardcore drugs or how much drinking you would have to be doing to absolutely not remember that degree of abuse but we were only like 16 years old so there's but that doesn't even matter because i mean i i have blacked out drunk before but you better believe that i never did anything interesting right (laughs) go to sleep (laughs) yeah like you have to be a certain level of person a certain type of person to not only do that if you are that drunk because a lot of people if they are that drunk they still have to have i mean they say that alcohol shows your true emotions at that point you're very impulsive and it picks the emotion that you're feeling the most at that point if it's anger and if it's violence that shows you who the true person is anyway so he was only really showing his true his true self whether it was drugs or alcohol anyway he was probably an angry and violent person sober as well he can't just blame it on the drink because it was like that anyway yeah and despite what you know romance series kind of tell us um that mood swingy man that one minute is very you know calm and affectionate and then the very next minute is on fire because they're so angry um that's not that's not good that is that <laughs> is a chemical imbalance and it means that that human being is unpredictable and i i keep saying he because i'm like personifying you know uh my own experience your experience yeah exactly but it doesn't need to be it does not need to be a he it can it can absolutely be any gender anyone exactly so just and it doesn't have to be your significant other either it can be your parent it can be your child it can be anyone and you do not deserve violence no matter what you've done you cannot ever equate violence with guilt or culpability you you did nothing wrong to deserve anything like that and you do not deserve to stick it out with them either there is no marriage that's worth that. There is no um, 
So relationship with your parents, you don't owe your parents anything for them creating you. If <laughs> Please never let them use that as an, an excuse to guilt trip you that like, well, I made you, so you owe me. Yeah, because it's not like you asked. For, you didn't ask for that. You didn't ask. <laughs> Oh, no. And I'm, and I'm a pretty great person. So, I mean, I turned my, myself into me despite them making me. <laughs> right. Um, so there's our Amber and Starla PSA of the week. Thank you guys for joining our Ted talk. Um, if <laughs> hopefully though, I, I really do like having these discussions because though they kind of avert from the topic of, you know, our, our story, I think that they're relevant and they need to be said. And hopefully that it's something that you guys can connect with, because if we're able to help even just one person, um, you know, that'll, that makes us really happy. And, and maybe we can set up a co-word as well. If we, if you send us an emoji of, a, um, something, we can send you a phone number to call. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of a lot of people just feel like it, like when you know when you go to a bar and then there's the poster that says if you're if you feel unsafe order a and then there's like I don't know a, a Meggie Sue or something right or something and that means that the barmaids will call you a cab. Um, there there are there are certain code words that you can use in everyday life that that means i feel unsafe and i would like to get out of this situation or i would like to talk to someone and um there's not much that we can do from a distance where we are but we can definitely point you in the right direction of some information for your circumstances absolutely absolutely um i'm i'm all i'm all like i'm all scatterbrained now i don't even know where Leah, okay, Leah and Jackson in the, uh, in the gazebo. Um, yeah, they, so like, I, I made a note that they, they only noticed Grace once the wind picked up. Yeah. Like, like when a, like animals hunting and the wind shifts and like a deer can yeah. smell that a wolf is, is trailing it it's downwind yeah and then they turn and they turn to her with completely black eyes as if she was some like snack <laughs> like like a shark smelling blood yeah and then i think that see this is this is when i thought oh maybe jackson hadn't switched from predator back to like human jackson where he starts to approach and then Leah grabs his elbow. That's the that's what I read first was that she was stopping him from attacking eating her. Um, but now you've mentioned it, it it was like a no no this is not finished. How dare you walk away from me? Not a protection of grace. Um but it does make me think like something that I want to add to the spoilers section. So I'm going to type that out whilst you talk. Okay. Yeah, cuz I mean Jackson We've seen that kind of feral behavior from him before, where after the encounter with Mark and Quinn, um, he tastes Grace's blood and his pupils dilate like that and his eyes get really black and he tells her to go. He's like, you need to get out of here. You need to go right now. Um, and at that point, I mean, that for one, that's a really scary thing to happen, seeing someone just 
flip like that. But it leads you to wonder, is this actually Jackson going feral or is it something else? So we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into the uh, into the spoiler section here in a few minutes. But one thing that I noted uh, is that Jackson, when he does leave the gazebo and starts kind of following Grace, which the way that he does that, once again, it's it's very pushy. Um, and he catches up really fast. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like walking backwards and he won't let Grace pass, which, you know, once again, r- big red flags there for anybody who encounters Get that. Get out of her bubble. Yeah. Stay out of the bubble, guys. You don't walk in someone's bubble. Jackson is the king of uh, personal bubble space. Bubble bursting. Bubble bursting. He's always in Grace's bubble. But he's really interested in what Flint and Grace were talking about at the party. What do you think that he thought that Flint told her? Because he's like, he wants to know what were you guys talking about? Like, he he is really concerned you think he's worried that Flint was telling Grace about, like, the truth of the supernatural creatures, or? See, I thought that that was a test, <laughs> because I had kind of guessed what Jackson was at this point. Oh, yeah. And I thought, and I thought, okay, so if he is what I think that he is, he's supposed to have, like, super good hearing, super heightened senses. And he must have heard the conversation that they were having anyway. So maybe he was just testing her to see whether she would cover the conversation or whether she would just tell him the truth. But then I was like, actually, they they didn't really speak about anything in particular. No. Not that I remember. Because she was, so was too like, well, caught up she with Jackson. Have... She was too yeah, caught so up with she didn't have anything to, to cover up. Yeah. So... I don't know. But yeah, I thought, oh, wouldn't he have heard it? Do they not hear it? Do they not have super hearing? I don't know. Has that been mentioned? Because, I mean, Twilight vampires have super hearing, but I don't. Yeah. I haven't I haven't noticed anything about these, you know, supernaturals, any of them having. Maybe smell. He does like, the smell has been mentioned a few times, but then this never mentioned again, ever, like explicitly. Um, like no one, no one ever goes like, oh, you smell so good or anything like even just, you know, like partner to partner, you know, when you, you have like your man in front of you and he's got you know, like your favorite cologne on and you're like, oh, you smell good. Even that never mentioned. Well, I mean, there's a couple times where, where it's like Grace's strawberry shampoo, but that's, that's different than like a natural, you know. Yeah. So maybe they don't have super senses. Well, they start- and wouldn't they have like noticed she was approaching? Yeah, because they would have heard her. It was more like they smelled her before they heard her. But if they had heightened sense of hearing, they probably would have heard her. Because if you're walking through, um, it, snow is not, especially in areas like that, unless there's just recently been a dusting like where she was picking up the snow and it was just kind of falling between her fingers. That's not really, when it's that cold, especially if the sun has been out shining for a while, typically what happens is you get that layer on top of the snow that hasn't really melted, but it's melted enough that it's refrozen solid. So you almost, when you're walking through snow that deep, you almost have to sink your foot through it. And it is very, very loud. 
And it sounds like she's kind of trudging through the snow. It doesn't sound like there's anybody out plowing the snow around the campus, you know. I it sounds like they're, they're, this whole this school is definitely messing a Hagrid. <laughs> they need you know what they need is the supernaturals to go out and be using some funky powers to just plow the snow away. <laughs> like, I can imagine it. <laughs> like do a some fire and melt it. Use, or, use the, the use the draw. The draw, the draw could do it, which once again, we've also, you know, got more slip ups in the next few chapters. I found out the the draw was mentioned way more than I remember the first time through. Um, could you imagine like it, this, this is this is a very probably a very poor analogy, but somebody comes to stay with you and you've hidden your dogs because <laughs> Dogs aren't supposed to exist in their world. And you can't talk about the dogs or ever mention the word dogs. How many times do you reckon you would slip up? All the time. I can't imagine people who like, who sneak apartments with an animal in their apartment without their landlord knowing. Like, I, it would be impossible. And if it wasn't me that slipped, it would be the dog. That would do something to get itself found out. Like, yeah. And there would be like things everywhere. So like their lead, their collar, their, their bowls, their toys, their shoes. It would just be everywhere. And you're just like, what's that? Uh, water? Yeah. And it's not, in this case, it's not like it's a dog. It is a school of probably like four or 500 students, right? Like, yeah, they're doing really well, especially like for teenagers. Teenagers are, are good at keeping secrets, but they're, they're not good at organizing um, in a, in mass. Yeah. Because considering the fact that there are four factions that none of them get on, they've all united against telling Grace the truth. So they're all kind of working together for the first time ever. <laughs> Well, some of them act like they don't care all that much if she finds out or or not. It's more that they're probably yeah. worried that they'll get, like, in trouble. Expelled. With... Yeah, yeah. Dead um, or worse, expelled. <laughs> I wonder what happens. What happens when you get expelled from Catmere Academy? Like, They send you out in the snow to live with the polar bears. Yeah, where do you go? Where? What school do you go? Do you go to one of the other schools for the other, like types of creatures. could you imagine being like the foreign exchange student with the other supernatural creatures at the at the mermaid school <laughs> yeah oh no it's the, none of them were mermaids <laughs> oh god it's like okay now time for swimming class <laughs> you're like oh no and then you're like i don't know you're like a vampire trying to but learn. i'm majoring in flying guys <laughs> i can't swim um I'm glad that we both took note of the jackets. <laughs> when Grace finally does get away, Leah and Jackson aren't wearing jackets, even though it's insanely cold. Um, which no one has. So, like, Quinn, Mark, Leah, and Jackson have all been seen outside. None of them were wearing any protective gear. No. But in the next chapters with the snowball fight, everybody else does. It's almost like it's just 
it's just those factions who don't they, require No, I think they, they did it on purpose, I think. You think they bundled up? Because, like, but yeah, they, they did it for show because every other encounter so far has been by accident that Grace happened to walk uh, up to them. They didn't know that she would be watching. She said it was like a hundred students doing the snowball fight, though. You organized a hundred students in a, I mean, in. But Flint probably told them because it was Flint's snowball, snowball fight. fight. So he probably told them, "Oh, by the way, Grace is coming." And then they go, "Ugh, we've got to, we've got to get dressed." Then <laughs> it's like going to your nan's, and she's like, "Well, you didn't wear your coat." Like, I'll put my coat on just to shut up. <laughs> Not even cold. <laughs> you put a note in about um about Hudson before the coat incident or before uh Grace noticed that they weren't wearing coats. What was what was your note about Hudson in there? Um that she makes the connection so fast that Hudson was Jackson's brother so fast she she's she's a devious little minx she <laughs> she makes those little connections she's she's been given the anagram of the scorn and has gone like blah, 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 nine letter word all of a sudden and yet can't seem to decipher <laughs> the rest of the secrets aliens jackson <laughs> hudson was jackson's brother and everyone's an alien we need that um that meme of that guy with the really long like Greek surname from um Ancient Aliens. Oh yeah, with the crazy yeah. hair. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it up on the YouTube screen for everybody. Aliens. Aliens. If you guys want to uh listen to this on YouTube, throw it up on your TV or something while you're I don't know cleaning your room or yeah doing whatever. And if you thing. don't know if you don't know who it is, Ancient Aliens is a wild ride. Oh, we have it here. We have it. We have it in the U.S. too. It is. Yeah, but um, there's lots of countries that that watch this and listen to this that might not have known who he is. Oh God! But ancient. I don't know if it, I think I think a lot of them are on YouTube, so that they're, <laughs> they're definitely worth a watch. Yeah, it is. It is comically. And I mean, every once in a while, there's like a good episode, but most of the time, it's like, did Bigfoot conspire? Bigfoot conspired with the aliens to build the pyramids. Here's our evidence from experts. And then the experts, like some guy who's like sitting in his basement, like with a bunch of Mountain Dew cans in the background. He's like, this one time I was, I was sitting outside and I saw like Bigfoot and like, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Um, There's an entire documentary called Aquatic Apes as well. Oh God. It's amazing. It's about mermaids. If if humans evolved differently and we ended up going back to the sea, and it is like a full on is it a mockumentary? Is is that what the word is? Yeah. Where yeah. it's com- it's completely satire, but it's so well done that I'm like, do people actually believe this? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh God, it's hilarious. All right, guys, let's go ahead and. Uh, ooh. This was this was like the the howl that didn't feel like it was scraping against my bones because a lot of them were were so like obnoxious. This one it had a good pitch to it. I I sat for like an hour listening to howls, guys. That's how in depth we are with our podcast. Dedicated. <laughs> um so one thing that I wanted to bring up in the 
spoiler topics was that when Macy learns that Grace has been, you know, kind of hanging around with Jackson, I mean, Macy loses her mind. She's like, she says he takes what he wants and he isn't helpful to anyone and he he doesn't go anywhere alone. What, I mean, what aside from killing Hudson did Jackson do? Because Macy really, really doesn't want Grace going near Jackson and she like grabs her and looks her up and down to make sure that she's not harmed. Like, I mean, I assume that if Jackson, we we never really learn how Jackson killed Hudson, um, which I really want to know. Like, I want the details of that moment. <laughs> the juicy, I'm, juicy deets. Yeah, I want to know. Was it gory? Was it? Was it like what happened? How would he do it? Um, because I mean, I love Hudders, but I want to know how he died. Um, but like, did the school see it? Is Macy just she saw Jackson at his most powerful, therefore? she's super scared or is it because of who his parents are that maybe she's like oh yeah he's he that whole family cuckoo they are nuts you need to stay away from them um i think is we we know that hudson absolutely just let jackson do that to him because jack like hudson would have like creamed him oh yeah he would have destroyed him so the fight must if it if it was a public one the fight must have looked really one-sided yeah, because he would have had to have restrained himself. Yeah, but that that would have made Jackson out to be really terrifying. And um, when the fight between the alpha werewolf and Jackson in the one one of the classrooms yeah. happens, like everybody's like, "Oh, I wouldn't go in there." Like they're terrified. They're absolutely terrified of him because of what he can do. And I'm wondering whether he he felt so responsible for what happened to Hudson because I mean he he did that he did kill his brother that he almost allowed the school to think he was a villain like so much so that he kind of played into it maybe a bit too much I mean when when you're with the order as well everything always will look more threatening because you've got a group behind you and everything about them too like they're all well dressed they're all quiet they're all described as being very attractive i mean threatening yeah they're they're and even with the snowball fight like it could be perceived that they're too cool for it because grace invites jackson and jackson's like yeah i don't know (laughs) flint flint wouldn't be cool with that i don't do fun yeah, we don't we don't do fun in our cool club. We just eat strawberries and wear such Gucci. an edge lord. Exactly, exactly. He is he is too he is too cool to engage in happy smiles. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm just Macy's, and, and you know what's crazy is Macy acts like that until Jackson comes into the into the room which we'll cover more in our next episode but then Macy like suddenly is just like oh maybe he is sweet he's during it's a witch thing that like they just hate vampires I thought about that like it's kind of like racist but more like is it I I wouldn't Macist Macist I'm like is it are they races is vampire a, a race? Is that the word I'm? Yeah, because for? when when they they meet together, they create. See, this is I have questions about how, why are Jackson and Hudson 
the most powerful? Is it because two already powerful vampires made made children? Is 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 that is that it? I don't think. Mm, you know, because they lucked out in the genetic department. If that's so, I'm wondering if they're really. If when we're saying the most powerful, if if it's the most powerful, excluding Cyrus and Delilah, mainly Cyrus. Delilah doesn't seem like she's all that powerful. No, or maybe she hasn't. Really, the blood letter is also like she has got some something going on. She got a little something. something. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we're gonna get her in the war because she. What if she's their mother? their mother like like delilah's not really their mother yeah like cyrus went off and did did the he's like hanky. well this this woman's genes is better than yours delilah you're just a wet rag i don't know because <laughs> in the dragon <laughs> i just love love and lo- like delilah and cyrus are, are forever <laughs> during the dragon court or not dragon i'm sorry the vampire court bonus chapters we get a little bit of how they meet and Cyrus, he really takes like, like old school ownership over Delilah. It was like one of those like I have nice. a right to you, you know? Because I mean, I th- I assume that it happened hundreds of years ago anyway. Whenever they met, if Jackson and Hudson are are very old in vampire years, you know, so. Yes, master, I live to serve you. Yeah, and only you. I am here for you. Yeah, she was kind of sold to him. Like it was one of those things where it was like a creepy, like it. Yeah, she she was she was not I mean, she definitely when she saw him, she was attracted to him, but I don't think she really knew like what he was going to look like or anything until she was just kind of presented to him as like here's here's your new mate. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. He has a bite that will kill anything. <laughs> She's just like, "Oh yeah, jokes on you. I'm into that." <laughs> <laughs> i'm into that i'm into you i'm just saying like just it, he seems to have that and then hudson has his power and then jackson has his power and yet delilah seems to be the only one that's actually kind of pulling the strings actively because i mean at the end of cover we kind of get the um idea that cyrus is pretty much powerless apart from his bite at the moment I mean, she does have super duper cat scratch powers. Maybe she did that to the tree. <gasps> Ooh. That was the Delilah tree. <laughs> the spooky tree. Yeah. It's such a like pretty name for such a creepy woman. I imagine the actress from His Dark Materials that plays, um, oh God, what's her name? Um, Mrs. Coulter. Yeah, with the monkey. She creeps me out so much. That actress would make the perfect Delilah, I feel. The really big mouth. Yeah, yeah. The really wide mouth. Oh, God. Perfect for eating people. She is the most sinister, like, character. But, God, that actress does such a phenomenal job. I think that she would be the perfect. (laughs) Poor woman. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's that's the the unfortunate thing about playing a negative character well. Just like, um, oh, the kid who played malfoy uh felton oh tom felton yeah he um he's i 
believe I watched an interview and maybe it's a fever dream, but I'm sure, pretty sure I watched an interview from him where when he would like meet with fans and they would all go out and like do, you know, things where they would be signing autographs and stuff like people treated him badly because he was such a good actor. They just kind of treated him bad because his character was bad. I'm like, that's that's that is a like, sign. Um, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Everybody hated him. He played him so well that he just gave you like the creep vibes. Um the same with the I can't remember his name. Like in in Game of Thrones or his actor's name, but the guy who Yes, him. Creepy. But I remember him from Misfits. And and if you're UK and you remember Misfits, like he was such a wet lettuce in Misfits. I love. And then he goes to that. It was just it was just like I just it was such a wet lettuce in Misfits. And then he goes to that, and I it was such a it was such a transition. Yeah, I I love his actor. I love I love people that are that universal. Like it's you know because a lot they can make you feel things other than like ah or oh he's really hot like they actually make you like feel physical repulsion (laughs) yes yes and and then you know that like it's literally like they could be the greatest person in the world you know that big respect for actors and actresses who can do that and that's why i think that the the chick from uh his dark materials would be perfect delilah um Let's see. You had. I have two notes. Yeah, you have two. Spoiler section. You have two notes and then I have one more. Okay, so if I go one, then you go one, then I go the last one. Well, my last one is right at the end, so. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go. So, um, when Grace is looking at the, I'm going to say like the pergola, the, the awning, the like weird structure that Jackson and Leah are on. She, she says that she's aware of something that's tugging at her that she can't identify and something that she has no ability to explain. Ah. And I was like, that's the mating bond. Yeah. Like, that's like- he's pulling at her. Like it's almost like a greeting, like, Oh, hello. Yeah. But she's not, un- she doesn't understand where, why it is happening or what it is. And Jackson is obviously, not polite enough to actually explain. Oh, by the way, this is our weird bond that we have now. Look. Did ooh, he ooh. know? He didn't know yet, did he? I don't know because when when Grace has it with Hudson, she actually has to physically tug on the string and he does it back to her and they're both very aware that they're doing it. But they also know that they exist. That, yeah, right. but Jackson never goes, oh, by the way, if you like go into like yourself, you can feel this string. <laughs> Because he always just assumes that she's human. Yeah. I don't so maybe know. he doesn't think that she has that capability. But yeah, it was the first sign that she ever had a bond with Jackson. Because all of the other moments where she spoke about the bond and the fact that they had a mating bond and all of this, it was never like a tangible thing that she felt. It was just a feeling. affection or lust. It wasn't ever a, I have this physical connection to my partner. Um, so that, that was interesting. That, that was, I noticed it right away. I was like, oh, this makes so much sense now. 
Yeah, because first read through, it's more just like, oh, my God, Grace, you are so thirsty. Calm down. Like, I, yeah. I, I was rolling my eyes the first read through just like she is you y'all just need to kiss or something because <laughs> she's going to implode if she doesn't get some action soon. And I thought that I messaged it, you like midway through Covet, like I I'm really frustrated at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Like just come on, you guys. Just get get on with it. That's how I felt. I'm reading a I just finished a quarter mist and fury chapter 55. Um, I messaged Amber and I'm like, something happens in chapter 55 of this book and everyone talks about it and I must know. And then I read it and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So when <laughs> for those who are reading A Court of Thorns and Roses, when you get to the second one, um, chapter 55 is is quite a chapter. But um, anyway, yeah, mating bond. Um, what was your second note? Um, so following on from that, when Jackson starts to approach Grace and Leah stops him, my first thought was, oh, she doesn't want him to eat her yet. <laughs> because if, if, because I don't think that she's ever had that conversation with Jackson that he likes her, that he has a bond with her. Like they haven't had that conversation. So she's like, oh, maybe Jackson's going to go and kill her. He's going to attack her because she's eavesdropping. Um, but, if he goes and attacks her and, and kills her, then the ritual's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and would ruin everything. She's got to die at the right time. But then it it doesn't mean that she put much thought into the fact that they were a mating pair, that she clearly knew that they were going to be a mated pair. So maybe it was just my, like, trying to overly analyze the scene. You're trying to make it make sense. Maybe you're looking... Yeah. Like, I, st I really want to know what they were talking about as well. I think that it was one of those things where Leah still felt that animosity because he killed her mate. And I think that, and that's why, like, later on in the story, when she does finally make up with Jackson and present him with that tea, he's just like, oh, you know, he's so relieved that they're finally able to get along that he just takes the tea without even thinking that it might be spiked. Yeah. He's just relieved. But also, I... I I think that it might also have been the conversation because I think that because Jackson killed Hudson, Leah then had to have an arranged marriage with Jackson. Was that was that a fever dream? Did I imagine that? I think that it was implied that they like, I don't know. I feel like it was implied about like maybe them getting together. Yeah, they, they were the strong family and they kind of was like they were paired off and they obviously didn't like it. But I thought that it might have been, you know, that argument that you're going to have. Where you're like, I don't want to tell my parents. Well, you have to tell your parents. I don't want to be with you. Well, I don't want to be with you either. Like, we're going to have to tell them. Like, that sort of argument. But I think that it was a bit too passionate for just one of those. Yeah. Um. Okay, so my my little final note was... Way after all of that, when Macy and Grace are on their way to the uh, snowball fight and Jackson pops up like right while Macy's talking smack about him and he said, I'm not going anywhere and neither is Grace. What? I mean. Nice and possessive. <laughs> right. Like, was that a, was that like the mating bonds speaking? Like. 
I I now have established Ugh, like, like she's mine. Yeah, the ownership there was that was that stupid trope that gets me every time. Oh yeah, it's it's one of those things that we love we love to hate, but we secretly love. The feminist the, in me hates it, but <laughs> the romantic. It like, we, <laughs> it's like that trope that I'm like, oh, I I I I want someone to feel that possessive over me and that jealous if I speak to other people and all of that, but I also don't. Yeah, I, I want to experience it, but then like I want it to go away within a few weeks because that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I went to the, a wedding over the weekend and I wore this dress and I felt amazing. And my husband did not stop complimenting me and it felt so good. But then he started complimenting me in front of other men. They were like, doesn't my wife look stunning? And I was like, I feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> don't like, look. She's she's mine. Don't look. <laughs> don't look at me. Uh, um. So we actually made a note earlier in the board that I, I figured we'd wait until we got more into the meat of the episode, um, and then we can go into our fan questions. But during episode three, episode three, I believe, we had a conversation mm -hmm. about um, how Tracy has been very, very good at including in, like, culturally diverse characters uh, obviously, when you get to Crush, we find out that Flynn is gay and it's not like it's not a trope. He just is, you know, he's not just the the gay best friend that was written in to be flamboyant for the sake of having a gay character. It's very natural. Yeah. And we we really admire that about Tracy because it's not weird. It's not like, oh, here is this one black character just to say it's that we have forced. One. Yeah. And, you know, with Amber and I being, you know, close to 30, we think back to when we were teenagers. Ugh, don't say that. <laughs> it's coming, Amber. It's coming. No, um, I refuse to accept it. <laughs> um, But we think back to when we were teenagers and the books that like we had to read for school and things like that. And it's and same with like cartoons and things like there were. There was always like the black character or it was always over exaggerated yeah it's like they the it was how many stereotypes can we throw into this character and it was so i don't know it, it's like you uncomfortable you, yeah it was very uncomfortable <laughs> it was like they it was like they'd never ever seen one before in their real life and they were just going like by chinese whispers of what they looked like yeah it was and now we're to Did you do your own research? Did you ever actually go out and speak to someone in the black culture and just say, look, I want to introduce a black character into my book. Is there anything that you could recommend that I do to make sure that I'm representing you correctly? Or not. No do. one ever did. Yeah, no one ever did. They just were like, yep, I'm just going to write this person in. Doesn't matter how offensive it's going to be or how just really just like the yeah it's been written just yeah and when and during that episode um i i swear it was episode three we talked a little bit about a blog that i i really enjoy it's on tumblr and i believe that it's called writing in color or writing with color and you know terms to never use to describe any skin color you know like chocolate chocolate and mocha and alabaster for i mean unless you're like describing a vampire i think alabaster when i think of it i think of kind of gray like not it's not a healthy color 
I don't, I don't think of alabaster. Porcelain. Yeah, Mm. porcelain. Um, But writing with color talks about ways to describe hair, ways to describe skin, and, and, and ways to do so in a way that isn't offensive and doesn't rely on food. Like I get so sick of seeing skin colors described as food. And I, I <laughs> never know. even realized that. <laughs> yeah. And our, and we had a listener, um, her username was Alexis Jasmine, where she had said, these two on the podcast are hilarious and they're my age. So it's much better. I really enjoyed the conversation about the writing black characters and being comfortable talking about it. That's one thing that we hope to always continue doing. And even if we love a book series, we are not afraid to point out its flaws or what we enjoy about it. And in Tracy's case, I think she did a phenomenal job writing in characters very authentically without feeling, you know, like she needs to add sprinkles on top of everything just to, you know, purposefully. Drive home the analogy. Yeah. Analogy. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's one of those things where I think that she didn't, she didn't have to think hard about it. She just did it. And I I hope to see more authors do she it. Wasn't, in the she wasn't concerned of how it would be received and therefore just wrote it as she expected her own race to be represented, I guess. Like there's so many just most most books are about white characters and we and we, and I and I and I can't say anything different and it's a it's a really sad state of affairs, but it's true. Most books most people would read them and make them very white centric but that is because the world is white centric like erroneously white centric but that doesn't necessarily mean that no one could read it and just adapt their own image their own imagination so that it would be a color of their skin yeah as it's a- just yeah I think movies kind of skew our perception. Once there's a movie, it's like, you know, I, oh, well, I know. that's what they were supposed to look like. Yeah. Like you don't read Twilight and not see Robert Pattinson. Um, but I really enjoy, I'm part of several Twilight groups and every once in a while, um, they'll do like a recast and it'll be like gender bent recast or black recast. <laughs> like Jasper. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I love that because it, it makes us really think about, you know, what if we turn the tables and what if we had to think outside of what we were kind of conditioned to think and what, you know, what, what ties us to a particular color for a character? Is it, is it because we, our own perceptions? Is it because of how other artists have rendered them? My favorite, one of my favorite book series is The Legend of Dritz, which was written in 1988 by R.A. Salvatore, and it's still being written. Uh, tons of books for anybody who's, you know, interested in reading it. It's definitely deep in the fantasy because it is in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. But The Legend of Ooh. Dritz is about, um, you, you say drow, I say dro, uh, but he is a, you know, a dark skinned elven race that are mainly, their society is mainly run by females and they are very, very evil, which apparently um, they're actually going to be reshaping that entire race. The Dungeons and Dragons universe has decided to go in and reshape the, the Drow race to 
make it so that they are not all just evil. Uh, because Making them relevant. Exactly, exactly. They're they're planning on changing the framework a little bit because there are obviously some cultural issues there of making a dark-skinned race of elves and then making them all evil. But the- It also makes it difficult to play. My husband played a drow in the most recent campaign and he has to roll at disadvantage any time he starts his turn in sunlight. Yeah, yeah. And- so like it actually made it really difficult without the cultural perceptions like that that you have to play and everyone's racist within the campaign as well and they will treat you differently. So I'm looking forward to like I didn't know that they were changing the the way that they're played. Yeah, yeah, and um in the in the Legend of Dritz the whole series is that he doesn't want to conform to what his you know what's normal for his people and they all live underground. They live in the Underdark. That's why they can't be in sunlight, because they've spent their entire lives in the Underdark. So when they see the sun, it literally burns their eyes because it's so bright. Um, but he learns to adapt to the sunlight and goes to the surface. And everyone is very racist towards him because they expect his race to be evil. And he just wants to be a good person. Like, he just wants to live his life. And he's he is a, a genuinely just a good character that everyone assumes is evil and they treat him really badly. And I feel like for that book, you know, the series first being written in the eighties, it is such a beautiful series that is way um, above its time in terms of tackling racism in a way that is different because it's, you know, it's, it's fantasy characters. It's not, it's not races that actually exist, but you can tell where the authors like heart and soul were when he wrote the series. And for anybody who's interested in, in stories like that, um, or if you want, you know, something that I'm sure that it can be very, it's probably very triggering to read a story that tackles racism. If it's something that you've encountered in your personal life, which I can almost bet that nearly anybody who doesn't live in a, in a white centric society probably has felt you know, the, that bitter sting of racism and judgment. Um, this particular series to me is just a really f- interesting take because you, there is that little bit of detachment because they are fantasy characters. You know, they're obviously we don't have elves and things in real society. Um, what? and I know, right. <laughs> and Dr- <laughs> Dritz is, um, their skin is gr- like a gray, like a grayish brown, white hair. Um, we'll, um, we'll add it to the Trello board. Oh, you should. I love it. We've got the recommendations. Absolutely. But it's a really fun read if you guys are interested. And it's it's very much like sword fighting and, and battles and there's lots of blood and um, not a lot of romance. So for anybody who wants something that, you know, I started reading them when I was like 12 years old. So um, and, and they were definitely above my age my reading level but as long as you can understand you know that more complex fantasy that's kind of written in that 80s style um then yeah it's something that i think you guys would enjoy but anyway i'd also love i'd love um some recommendations of black lead characters as well because i think the only book that i've ever read is noughts and crosses and that was obviously something completely different yeah i've never i have never seen or read a book that is just kind of mainstream, like book talk out there, everybody recommends, that has primarily non-white main characters. So for anybody who has some suggestions, please drop those into our inbox on Instagram at Crave Series Aesthetic, because we want to add those to the Trello board. Same with, I mean, that goes for for um, any 
races that are kind of excluded from, you know, mainstream media. Uh, and I would dare say, you know, our our gay community as well probably is very underrepresented in literature. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions, please throw those our way. We want to make sure that we're including them in the Trello board. And we want to make sure that we're able to get our hands on them as well. Because Amber and I definitely came from a time not too long ago. It's not like we're, you know, in in our 50s or anything. But even just, what, when did we graduate? Like 11 years ago? Yeah, it was, it was over a decade. <laughs> yeah. Even, I mean, 10 years is not that long, guys. I feel like everybody was kind of underrepresented. So it would be really great to be able to incorporate those books into our reading list. And obviously, you know, just as Amber said, we do live in that white-centric society where most stories are going to be about that white prota or protagonist. And unfortunately, most of the books that are viral and that are popular right now, that's what we're going to see. But we would... I, it's going to be hard to not make our Trello board, you know, primarily white protagonists, but anywhere that we can, we could even do like a section. I think that that would be fun to do like a tag that way. If you guys are looking for some books with a little bit more racial variety, uh, we could maybe try to find some type of little tag or a sticker or something to put on those books or make a category exclusively for, um, you know, that way you guys could search them specifically. But while we're waiting for Amber to return, guys, we had some fan questions this week. We did our fan poll of the week, and we asked you a question today that uh, hopefully we've gotten some answers. It's been a couple hours. But for our fan question of the week, um, you guys had asked us in Crave, did you think that the love triangle would be between Jackson and Flint? Uh, I think I did for very, for a very long time. Um, but I did get this it spoiled. <laughs> yeah, did, like, like I did get it spoiled. So I was like, oh, maybe it's like a love like square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you knew that by the time you read, I had already finished Covet, and you had just started, and I. I feel like I had probably talked about Hudson, right? Yeah, and you were like, hurry up, come on. Yeah. Gotta read it faster. You must get you must get to the Hudders. Nothing else matters until book two. You must get to Hudson. Um I felt the same way though. I definitely thought that Flint was going to be part of He was gonna be a major a major love oh, interest. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially at the marshmallow scene. Oh, yeah. The marshmallow he scene. He was like, girl, you wouldn't know if I was hitting on you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I felt the exact same way. I mean, and he was always like, from the beginning, he was very, you know, touchy-feely. And now I think back to it and I'm like, you know what? He and was over-exaggerating. Yeah, he, He's either over-exaggerating or, I mean... N not that this doesn't know what's he doesn't know what's um appropriate and what's not <laughs> i mean my gay friends were just like my my you know female friends in school they they were very like huggy and you know lovey and they, it's just we were we were very very close so it might just be one of those things where he's like 
as long as he's not being sinister from the beginning. Because I think that, yeah, I do. I definitely think that Flint shows. I think that he tries to mislead Grace, but I think that there's a lot of his genuine character that also shines through in the first book, despite the fact that he goes bad towards the end, because he remains congruent even when him and Grace get close, you know, up up through Covet. He, it's not like he changed from Crave. Like, his personality stayed the same. He was still fun and goofy and, you know, he just wasn't... Tactile. Yeah, he he was such a he was such a fun character from the beginning. He was such a not Starla and Amber. Don't touch me. Yeah, Starla and Amber are like don't don't touch. No no hugs. No. I'm, I will maybe muster a fist bump at the airport when I go to see you. Yeah. Um, nah, joke. We'll pro- we'll probably like hug and cry in a puddle. We'll do that that thing that um that you know you do like when you see your friend and you jump up and down and scream really loud. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> that is but like we'll hug and cry and be like, oh, like I'm really happy that this has happened, and then we won't hug again until we leave. <laughs> yep. Exactly. We will we will sit quietly in the car ride home. <laughs> and and I don't want no touching shoulders on the sofa or like n- no head resting on my <laughs> No, don't do that. Yeah. I'm I am not a close contact human being. See, this is this is what sucks, guys. You find you find your your friend, and then you realize that they live literally on a different, a completely different continent than you. We've got an ocean in between us, but here we are doing we, a podcast. We don't, need to, we don't need to touch like this, then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a good, there's a nice ocean right in between us. <laughs> we'll touch through the microphone. We'll just stroke each other. <laughs> well, on that <laughs> so, note, <laughs> when your husband goes to edit and he just goes. <laughs> What is this? What is like, this sound? This is, this is me caressing your wife, Mark. <laughs> Through the mic. It's ASMR. Uh, um, all right, guys. Amber had a really interesting fan poll this week, uh, technically last week, on Wingo Wednesday. For those who don't aware, who don't aware, can you tell that we're getting towards the end of the podcast? Who don't on? know what we're? For people who don't know what we're, um, on Wednesdays on our Instagram, Crave Series Aesthetic, we celebrate Wingo Wednesday. Uh, if you haven't made it to covet, that word makes no sense to you whatsoever, but you'll get there, I promise. And on Wingo Wednesdays, we ask you guys random polls, fun questions, yada yada. This week, though, Amber asked, if you could glamour yourself like Macy does, how would you look? Today, Amber, if you could glamour yourself, how would you look today? I think I would look very alternative. I think that I would go as crazy and as wild as possible. But then I feel like it would be a waste because I don't think a single other human being has seen my face today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm like in my pajamas looking like a slob. So today, eh, probably not. You know, the poll, though. I was really surprised because I'm noticing, like, when I was a teenager, everybody would have wanted the craziest look possible. Like, crazy hair, crazy piercings, crazy tattoos. Like, I want to be unique. <laughs> exactly. And now, I feel like everybody's gravitating. I want to blend in. Yeah, it's a more natural look. Everybody wants to wants to be a little bit more more on the natural side, which is really interesting because it was the opposite when – uh, when I was a teenager, so 
It's uh, and, unless it might, I mean, maybe it's just the target demographic for Crave and our followers in particular. Um, but yeah, so crazy color versus natural hair is the first poll. Amber, what do you think the majority voted for? See, now you've said that and I feel like everyone's voted natural, but I would vote crazy. <laughs> Well, this one was actually pretty close. Uh, for natural hair, it was 54%. And for crazy colors, it was 46%. So that one was a little, a little mm. off. Um, has your hair ever been a crazy, crazy color other than your, your fail like a couple weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been bubblegum pink. Um, like Macy I have pink? been red. Yeah, like it was pink, pink. Um, and I've also had, um, purple and I've also had, a lot of red in the past. Um, I want to do it again, but I want to do the, um, like natural hair color on top, but then like the, a rainbow underneath. Ah. Cause I feel like I'm an artist and I don't really show it with my appearance. <laughs> I'm rather plain Jane. My husband makes the joke that if you made, you know, like the me characters on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you try and make your likeness, he was like, "You would literally, literally, don't have to change anything about yourself from the generic person that they give you at the beginning." <laughs> you need, you need some funky colors. That's I, I have mean, no alternative part. Like I have no distinguishing features. Apparently, <laughs> is that is that because you don't go out much though, and it doesn't really matter, or because I know that I totally, I I think it's one of those things where like, I don't do my nails and I don't worry about dyeing my hair, especially during COVID. If I know that I'm not going anywhere, like that stuff can wait. It is not on my list of priorities. So I, I have a real thing with like going to the hairdressers. I've really um, had like major anxiety for years about going. Um, And it was the, it, it was almost like an aversion to being able to feel good. Like the, the pleasure wasn't, it, I wasn't allowed it. Like I felt like I didn't deserve to feel nice and to feel good. So I, like, I went to a hairdresser's with one of my best friends and she took me and I cried the whole time. It was awful. <laughs> but, um, eventually she got me in a routine of going to get my hair cut. I just haven't worked up to getting my hair dyed professionally because that's a long time sat in a seat. Um, but all the other times I've done it box dyed. Ooh. And it just, it never comes out. It never nope. comes out the way that you want it. And um, I think that that's the reason why I haven't done it properly is because the color that I would want or like the style that I would want, it's not a box dye, quick bish bash bosh done kind of job. Yeah. Um, I want, I want piercings as well. But at the same time, I, again, it's that feeling of doing something for yourself. I need someone with me because I'm a proper little like, wuss not for the pain not for the pain but I'm a wuss for like doing things like pampering I can't do it on my own because I feel like it's a shared experience then if they're enjoying themselves I'm allowed to enjoy myself does that make sense yeah no that makes total sense and you know I I feel like I was like that when my daughter was really really little where, you know, everything that I did had to be for her. Um, so I didn't necessarily take as good of care of myself. But now, mm. you know, she's she's older and I can spend more time on me. And I definitely neglect myself more than I should, but I have gotten a bit out of that. I mean, I've got, I have, God, how many tattoos do I have? One, two, 
three, four, five, six, six tattoos. I've got two facial piercings. My hair is always a crazy color. I think it's, I mean, it's pretty faded <laughs> right now, but it's like orange, orange right now. Um, See, I have four tattoos, but nobody ever, ever like knows that I have them. Yeah, because they're not exposed. They're, no, they're not exposed. And I would love to have a tattoo that I could actually see myself without looking in a mirror. I just don't know what I want because I have so many ones I want. And I obviously can't just go, I want all of them. Um, so I think that I'm going to, I'm probably going to wait until my husband gets his sleeve in January. He's actually got it, he's actually got it booked now. So he's getting his sleeve done in January. And I think that might sort of start the bug, you know? Yeah, just start that. Cause once you get one, you'll want more. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they're really addictive and I and I don't think that it's an addiction as like everybody kind of explains the addiction as like a really negative thing and I don't think it is. I think it's an expression thing. It's a like once you've got one, it's not like all the feeling is addictive and you I need to have more. It's a oh wow, I feel so liberated. I feel so confident. I still feel so confident and I feel so expressive and I feel like I've I've got like this feeling out onto my skin and I've got art on my skin so I want more um and I think that I've not had one in such a long time I still don't have that crave yet yeah okay so next one is curly or straight so or for, I guess I should say hair are you curly or are you straight <laughs> amber <laughs> I think uh, I think the people that have curly hair would have voted for straight hair and the people who have straight hair would have voted for curly hair. Um apparently 60% of people want curly, 40% for straight. I have tried to curl my hair and doesn't set doesn't set does it? Mine I look, doesn't. I look like Bozo the clown because I've got <laughs> red hair. So I look really bad. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And you know what's funny is my dad, my dad has a natural afro. And my dad is white, by the way. Um, but my dad has a natural afro. It's now dreadlocked. Um, and my mom is a natural redhead. And they thought for sure that I was going to come out looking like Ronald McDonald. But I ended up being a blonde. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's see. No, I, I've, I've tried several times to curl my hair. And the curls just don't. They just don't. Um, but straightening is really easy. My hair loves to be straight, apparently. So, yeah. I would love to be able to just click my fingers and my hair be, be curly. Isn't curling your hair an absolute ball ache? Oh, yeah. And it, and I've, it's harmful too. Like, it's gonna, that would fry my hair. My hair is already Frizz. very fragile. Um, Next question is natural or heavily tattooed? Where do you well, think that it was? I reckon it was very, very midline, but yeah. towards the positive, like more tattoos. It was right in the middle, like dead center. Wow. Um, And then next one kind of goes with that. Uh, natural or heavy piercings? Exactly the same. Yeah, it, you know, it was I actually... I think a lot of people would go for, like, the normal piercings, but they're also not, like, I want, like, septum and cheekbones and, like, dermal piercings and everything. Yeah, it was a little under half, um, because you did sliders for these, not percentages, and they slid, like, just a little under, under half, um... 
So I'm assuming that that means like earrings are cool. Like maybe a nose ring is cool. Maybe. Yeah. I've got, I've got. And also you're not making a feature out of it. You're making a like, it's jewelry and it's on my face or my body, but it's also not like. It's not me. Distracting. Yeah. I've got, I have a, um, I have a Monroe and I have a, uh, a lip What's ring a on my bottom. It's show, the little one. Showing. The little. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. On my upper lip. Is that what? A, is that a called a Monroe? Yeah, because it's like Marilyn Monroe's little little mole. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, and if you get, I was gonna do um, angel bites, which are one on each side, and it almost gives you like a cat whisker look. And I did it when I was. Yeah, like, I uh, knew that, and we we call the snake bite on the bottom. Yeah. yeah snake bites on the bottom but i didn't i didn't i didn't know that that was called a monroe yep. <laughs> yeah i was gonna do two of them but then i chickened out when i was a teenager and i've just had the piercings for for a long time um my uh my husband i think he had uh his eyebrow pissed and i think he did it himself i think yeah he's a crazy crazy man uh and i think it ripped out and he's got oh I may be remembering that story wrong, but I've never seen any photos with him wearing it, so I don't think it lasted very <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... I, I think about, like, how much I sweat in the summer, and if it was healing then, like, the sweat getting in that that piercing, and uh, I just, that one sounds painful. Um, okay, so short or long hair, and you had, like, in the in the image that you used, you used um, a photo of a girl Pixie that crop. had... It was like girl that was all the way hair all the way down the back, and then like a girl with more of like a pixie cut. Yeah, I'm gonna say most people would choose long. Yeah, yeah, it was mostly not not all the way. It wasn't dragged all the way, but it was almost dragged like all the way over. So for those who are watching on YouTube, I've got these up on the screen um, to show you. But yeah, it was mostly long, and then um, eye color. The options were blue, green, brown, or a crazy color. I'm thinking like purple or something. Yeah, I was like, I wish that you could have done a poll for three because that was such a really like a really hard thing to gauge as a story card. Um, see, my favorites are brown. I'd love to have brown eyes, but really? I'm thinking that I think that most people would have chosen blue, knowing our audience. No, it was. 99 for blue, 68 for brown, 41 for a crazy color, and 115 for green. They're disrespecting the Hudders. Oh, yeah. Hudders is, has the blue eyes. But this is for them, what they would want for themselves. So I, <laughs> I, I have green eyes, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose them because I can just wake up with, with them. You, yeah, you have very green eyes. Taylor has green eyes, my daughter, and I have brown eyes. And my husband has bright, the bright. biggest blue, yeah. Yeah, they are like piercing blue eyes, which is crazy because we looked up like the likelihood of a parent with brown eyes and a parent with blue eyes having a child with green eyes. And it was like like one of the rarest combinations that you can get. You um, mean blue eyes? Or blue eyes, yeah. And Taylor started out with super duper blue eyes but they turned green as she got older so um next one is natural face or heavy makeup you know i th I, th I think most people would have gone for the natural i th i don't think makeup is as is as popular as it 
used to be like there's a lot of makeup channels but it's all like how to achieve a natural look how yeah. to how to how to go nude with your makeup kind of thing it's never like a how to look like a glamour queen yeah and it was um it was a little less than half for natural most people did say natural um and I think that in order to achieve that natural look, sometimes you do have to put on a lot of makeup to do it. I know I do. I have to put on, <laughs> I put on way more makeup when I'm trying to achieve a natural look because I like, I need my skin to look smooth and I need to do like pore filler and I need to make sure that I've got the perfect foundation and then the perfect concealer. And like, I end up putting on more. I need to look the the most natural by looking the least natural. Exactly. The least like what I actually look like, but I would love to be able to just, uh, to just, wave a wand and have my makeup done um next one you did like fingernails as the uh as the image to kind of give the idea but the question was dark aesthetic or light aesthetic and i think that i very much followed maybe it's just because i have tattoos and piercings even when i'm wearing like pink people automatically are like oh gothic um and then amber <laughs> because you have lighter hair and green eyes i think that you definitely people would perceive you as having a more light aesthetic. But what do you think the majority said? Dark. Dark. It was definitely dark. 78% for the dark wow. aesthetic. And then 22 for a lighter aesthetic. I think that sometimes people think that of like light aesthetic is like the pink and the flouncy and the flowery. But for me, my like light aesthetic is just a lot of gray and natural colors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you look at my wardrobe it's very brown <laughs> oh mine too mine's all like i i went through the yellow like the mustard stage uh last year and so my wardrobe is mostly like mustard and brown and like you and i have almost an identical like olive green sweater that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um casual or smart so i'm assuming you mean like like chill clothing or dressing dressing with a little bit of fancy yeah I was really like trying to like work out I was like oh what what would you what would you be wearing today and uh like I think that most people probably would have gone smack bang in the middle it is right in the middle yeah I yeah. am I am a like I will wear a nice shirt but I am almost always in sweatpants or leggings I am seldom in jeans unless like it is cold outside and then I will throw on jeans but Jean the thing about jeans is they're not consistent. Like, you know, your sweatpants, you my weight can fluctuate and I can usually get in my sweatpants no matter what. If I'm bloated, I can still get in my sweatpants. If I'm bloated, I can still get in my leggings. Like my jeans, if I eat the wrong thing, I no longer fit in my jeans. If I put my jeans <laughs> away for the year and then I pull them back out in the winter, who knows if they're gonna fit again. So And if you wash them, they're really tight the first oh, time you put them back on. God, I've I make it a point to not wash my jeans unless I have to because there's, <laughs> there's a whole – well, you're not supposed to wash you your – You stanky. Stanky. There's a whole thing, <laughs> though, about how many times you're supposed to wash your denim, uh, like uh, considering you're wearing like real denim and not, you know, those pajama jean like jegging materials. Um, but with actual denim, you are not supposed to wash it uh, more than – more than necessary like if you don't see visible dirt you are not supposed to wash your jeans but they're sweaty like, well, so when you, like as soon as you wear jeans in hot weather 
you're going to sweat. I don't wear jeans in hot weather. So maybe that's, I I do not wear. Thing is, you know when it's going to be hot in your country, our oh, country, yeah. it can be summer in an afternoon and then winter in the morning. <laughs> Just, it's so unpredictable. So you go out and you're like, okay, I've got my nice like fall outfit on. I've got my jeans. I've got my nice hoodie and I've got my like nice like boots and I feel super, super warm and cozy. And then like you walk down the street and then the sun comes out and you're like, oh my God. It's 30 degrees. I'm so hot. Yeah, I'm only 30 degrees Celsius for those who don't speak in freedom units. Um, I have no idea what that is in your your speak. I think it's like 79. It could be wrong. 70, 73. That's that's warmish. That's that's decent, decent temperature. 70s is like you could wear shorts or you could wear jeans and probably be okay. Oh, um, I was wrong. It was 86. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's too hot. <laughs> Um, next one is flats or heels. Mm, flats. Yes. 56 for flats, 44% for heels. Screw heels. I, they are bad for you. They are uncomfortable. And even if you think that they look cute within like a couple hours, you are going to want to take them off. It's just not worth it to me. And they deform your feet. They do deform your feet. There are so many, it, they, they deform the tendon in your feet. So I'm not, they I do, give you bunions. Ugh, I don't do heels. I can't. Bunion is such an unfortunate word. Ugh, bunion. <laughs> um, okay. So here's a good one. Uh, bear, so no jewelry or heavy jewelry. Um, very, very close to the bear. Yeah, less than less than half for heavy. Um. All right, here's a good one: tanned or pale. For this, I think that this one is going to be more exclusive to our um our pasty whites like amber and i i put me <laughs> in a room and i was butt ass naked i would glow like a little lightning bug and it doesn't matter if there is no light in that room you would see me that is how pasty i am because i the sun is my enemy um but you know i would say for me personally I prefer being pale just because there's so many, you know, for, I've got a lot of family members who spent their entire lives tanning and going to tanning beds and tanning salons and laying out in the, in the yard and tanning and their skin now, like that they're in their forties and fifties, it's so unhealthy. So they look like raisins. Yeah. Like, and, and the risk for skin cancer, I would rather, I would rather take care of my skin and that's not i mean especially when you are very very light skinned because it's almost like and for anybody who's a redhead too i know that this my mom was a redhead and i i have the white like the very pasty white ginger skin with freckles i just didn't get the hair with it but when i step out into the sun i burn immediately and then i don't tan i just get pale again like <laughs> the sun is I might as well El be flaky. albino. Yes, I just get yeah. peely. I'm one step from albino. In fact, I have an albino cousin, and she cannot go. Really? In yes, I do. She will cannot. I will I meet her? Uh no. Ah, uh, she's she's one of those cousins that I know about, but I don't see. But yes, I do have. There is an albino in my family. Um, that's wild. Yeah, 
she's she's very interesting. She she has a lot of things that she has to do on the day to day just to keep herself like safe. Um, but yeah, uh, what do you think the majority chose? See, I think that is I think it's gonna be on the not so tanned side. I I don't I, yeah I, I I don't think that tanned is as cool anymore. Well, it's it's close, fifty three percent for tanned and forty seven percent for pale. So actually, more people did do the tanned. Um, nah, it's easier to buy like your makeup. Yeah, you, you could if you're white. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Super pale. You go for like the porcelain. It's always there. It's great. Yeah, you know, I I will I will not go out and tan, but during the summer I will definitely buy makeup that gives me kind of that like sun-kissed look and then my neck is It's easier to do it. It's easier to go up in tan. You can't exactly pale yourself up. Yeah, and and then my neck doesn't match the rest of me. So <laughs> um Last one was for like perfume. You you put like a little perfume bottle. So scent related fresh scents or floral scents i reckon half and half very close 51 percent for fresh 49 for floral i do not do either of those i am more on the just um, like eau de naturel just like just go out with this guy <laughs> i am a bath and body works like hoarder so mine are all like strawberry shortcake and pina colada and toasted coconut and um every single one of those names has fruit in i yeah food i'm i'm a food i smell like a food all the time <laughs> i should have added food as an option <laughs> <laughs> i smell like a bakery all the time so i wanted to add spice but like obviously with polls on instagram they they give you a very small range of ways to gather data such as polls like you can either have the two like the this or that or you can have like a quiz with like four options but then you have to pick a correct answer which kind of defeats the point of it um but i wanted to add spice because i'm not a fresh or a floral person i'm very much a, like i want like i want some edge to my perfume yeah yeah i think i'm the i'm the same way too i definitely go towards like the spicier even with the kind of bakery smells um mm, love me some old spice oh yes that's what mark wears um he wears well that's like his deodorant he's got like that old spice deodorant and then he wears whatever whatever johnny depp's expensive cologne is oh god it smells so good it's like i can't remember the name of it but it looks like sausage every time i see it so i always ask him <laughs> i'm like are you gonna wear your sausage cologne <laughs> um so fan question guys the question that we asked you this week is um if you were the one here let me actually pull the question up what would you have done if you saw leah hit jackson in the gazebo in crave because you know i really wanted to kind of cover that topic in depth and see what you guys would have said so one person said i'd go off on her no one hits jackson <laughs> <or Hudson." laughs> um one person said confront jackson and demand answers why did leah hit you <laughs> why are you being hit <laughs> um how dare you let her hit you yeah 
Um, one person said hightail in the other direction. One person said laugh. <laughs> God, you guys. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, one person said mind my own business and walk away. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you I if, mean, if 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 I knew what Jackson was, I'd be like, "Ooh, you're in trouble now, Leah." <laughs> yeah. This is this is everybody who knows that Jackson is powerful. So they they but I was I was hoping that we'd get like answers more like from the obese making... point, but everybody's just like, yeah. <laughs> He'll make you float like a blimp. <laughs> like I was I'm imagining like Aunt Marge from Harry Potter where he just blows her up like an inflatable and just lets her float away, like bye-bye. See ya. Um, someone said my awkward self would have slowly but quickly walked away and pretended like I saw nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Taking a photo. A lot of people. Somebody are... says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, see what was going on. I couldn't ignore something like that. Probably being hashtag probably be nosy. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> Sound my rape alarm. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Um, I'd probably say something to her, then regret it. So it's, it's one person said, throw, throw a snowball. She's quite scary. She's quite scary, Leah. Yeah, because especially when she switches, like she just shifts and you never know what you're going to get. Um, So it's a pretty. Offer her a cup of tea. Would you like a cup of tea? Yeah, let's all calm would down you, would, together. Would, of course, Amber would, offers would you a like, cup of tea. <laughs> I'm such a Brit. Would, <laughs> can, uh, shall I put the kettle on? <laughs> yeah. Well, it it looks like it's how to solve any problem in Britain. Here's some so, tea. Shall I put the kettle on? It's it's a pretty even mix of, and, and most of you I know are coming from the side of like you already know what Jackson is. I know that you guys wouldn't like walk away from an abuse situation. Um, that's why I was going to start reading out names, but I definitely don't want anybody to. I don't want this to come off the wrong way, so I'm not going to read like submission names for this one for everybody who's like i would laugh i would walk away <laughs> like um but la, 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 la. didn't see it didn't see nothing yeah i mean if i knew that i was at a supernatural school and these were some crazy insane beings and they could take care of themselves it was more just like an insult like you know she was insulting him by smacking him but it didn't actually hurt him and he was capable of defending himself yeah i'd probably just be like you know what you guys obviously have this handled i'm gonna go back to the school you got this <laughs> you, you got this i'm gonna go back to my bedroom um if if it was just a normal scenario though like average high school nothing weird nothing out of the ordinary going here and i saw it i would stay in the area just to make sure that everything was uh okay but guys thanks so much for hanging out Thank you to our giveaway winner. Um, what was the name again, Amber? Courtney underscore forest dot 12. Well, I'm assuming your name is Courtney. So congrats to Courtney. <laughs> Guys, we're going to have more opportunities to win goodies from us. Uh, we will definitely do more hoodie, blanket, um, journal giveaways in the future not sure about entangled uh we can't promise that they will contribute to every giveaway especially if we do them frequently this just happened to be our first but thank you so much for listening and we will see you in next week's episode Bye. -bye.